It is another Heavenly Whip Monday, and I am so glad you are joining me on today's Heavenly Whip Monday on my YouTube and podcast channel, Let's Talk with Teresa Ann. So will you just come on in, join me today on today's Heavenly Whip Monday. Have you noticed that prayer and forgiveness go hand in hand? How many of you right now are struggling with forgiving someone in your life or someone that wasn't even a part of your life, but indirectly because of the damage that they caused to your family? And that is so hard, isn't it? The other one is when you can't forgive yourself. Maybe you are one of those people right now. You're struggling with forgiving something that you have done, maybe to yourself or to others, um, again, directly or indirectly. And I want to let you know that I pray today stirs you to a desire to want God more. Because I'm going to tell you this, this show will not change your life. And I say this often, the books I've written won't change your life. But I pray that they are as arrows that point you to the one who will change your life, who will transform it for the better as you get to know him better. Let's go right to it. In Matthew 6, 9 through 13, it is the Lord's Prayer. After the Lord's Prayer, it says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will will not forgive your sins. Now, I want you to see this, that forgiveness is also an action verb. So let's just say I say I forgive, then my actions will back that up. Meaning this, to forgive, yes, is to forgive. But it looks like this. You have a right and you're being tempted right now to go sue them. Or you're being tempted right now to go say or do something that is a rightfully so, but it compromises you out of your promise, not just from you, but from the generations to come. I'm not saying God can't redeem that, but you are, you and I are now being enlightened because it says we, we won't be accountable for the things we didn't know, but we'll be accountable for the things that we did know. And now we're becoming accountable at this very moment. So if you want to be held accountable, keep watching. If you don't, then I would suggest you go to another video. But this is something that I believe will open up our prayer lives in such a way that when we begin to forgive, now it's not like we just sit there all day and go, okay, God, what else do I need to forgive? It's when those moments take place, when you get hit with a thought that you thought for sure you forgave them. And then that thought comes back in. I can't believe they did that to me. I can't believe they said those things. I can't believe they did those things to my family, to my children. That is yet again, another moment to surrender to God and say, Lord, I forgive them as you have forgiven me. I will not allow the actions 
of the enemy's influence on their lives to cause me to not walk in who you are to receive the promises of who you are. Not just the promises of the blessings, but the promise of getting to intimately know God. I believe with all of my heart, God wants us to get to a place where we are not just about a bunch of Christians who get what they want because we obeyed. But knowing that when we obey, no matter the cost, no matter what happens, no matter if we get rewarded for it monetarily or whether we get persecuted for it, that we obey because we trust our God. That if he said to do it, no matter what it looks like in the process after doing what he called us to do, this is what happens. When he's called us to do something, we expect to see a blessing, like a monetary blessing. But little do we know that we've just invested in treasures of heaven. So in the treasures of heaven, we may not get to see on this side of heaven what our obedience will do. But there are times where when we've obeyed, we have gotten to see the the milk and honey of the land. But I believe God at every turn, at every given moment, he wants to provide the lush beauty of who he is in the midst of what looks like nothing, what looks like it has been deserted, what looks like has been destroyed. He, in all of his glory, wants to minister to us to show us that it is not over. So now let's go to Matthew 18. So now we know that to forgive is part of the prayer. So um, do you remember the scripture that I'll put down here? The prayer of the righteous availeth much. So the righteous know who they are in Christ and they do and they act as Christ does because they know that if I forgive, when I forgive, I am displaying the love that I have freely received from him. I get to freely give from that surplus, not from my inability to love or my little ability to love, but from the greatness of what I've received, I get to freely give from. I'm not giving from a bank account that's bankrupt which is my own bank account. I'm giving from his, which is everlasting, which is never ending. And it's a surplus upon surplus that when you use it, it actually multiplies in your hands. It doesn't decrease. It only increases because of our increased knowledge of who Christ is. We then no longer see with lack, but we see with abundance to comprehend The love of God, when we have been wronged, is so difficult. But when we were the ones that did the wrong, how easy it is to comprehend God's love. Now that right there shows a very selfish way of living. It is prideful. And that 
is where God had to get me over and over and over again. And he still has to correct me in that. When I feel like I have a right or someone whispers in my ear, you have a right. Do you understand what could happen if this, this, and this, if you don't take care of it the way that we say that you need to take care of it? Listen, you did not author my life. You did not create me in my mother's womb. You did not do any of those things. So for me to be held accountable by mere man would be absolutely foolish because the things of this life, it doesn't make sense when we do it God's way. Why do you think it's peculiar? Because it should blow everybody away with great awe and wonder of who God is. So now let's go to Proverbs 18 verses 21 to the very end. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? (laughs) No. Not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. Doesn't that sound like what the other guy did? (laughs) But his creditor would not wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Now listen, this 
story right here that Jesus gives shows you that God does not mess around with unforgiveness because it delivers you over to the tormentors. This is serious. Christian, this is serious. Who do you think the enemy is going to use the most on fellow Christians? Because I'm telling you right now, when someone in the world wrongs me, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. It's because of God and his love. They're easy to forgive because they don't know better. But the ones that were in leadership, the ones that have authority within the Christian realm, the enemy knows Ha ha ha. I know how to trick them and I know how to get them out of their promises of God. I know how to get them to run from God, even though they'll never think they ran from God. And this is how I do it. I do it by tricking them out of their promise by using another fellow believer. And they will compromise left and right. The enemy, I'm sure, is like, oh, this is where I can get the believers. So Matthew 18 says it so clearly to forgive 70 times 7. So I'm going to end it with this. I'm going to go full circle. So here's how we walk in forgiveness. Let's just say you were wronged by a person that really hurt you. And perhaps they only did it once. But have you ever had that very thing that they wronged you with go over in your mind over and over and over again? For every moment that that enters your mind is the moment we get to forgive yet again, 70 times 7. Sometimes the offense Sometimes the 70 times 7 isn't about an offense that's been done multiple times. It's about the thoughts that come into our mind that remind us of the wrong that has been done. And every time, I I can tell you right now, for a whole year I was caught in this cycle of I thought I forgave and then I would get reminded of the thought again and then, oh, it would just leave me in this place of depression and anxiety. And that's when God showed me that scripture that said, Teresa, 70 times seven isn't just for someone who has uh, wronged you 70 times seven. It's when that wrong that's been done to you goes through your mind over and over again. It's another moment of surrender yet again and again and again. I want you to know this, that the 70 times 7 isn't about, well, I gave it to God and then I took it back. No, we cannot control the thoughts that come into our mind. But what we can control is how the thought affects us and what we do with those thoughts. How do we respond when that thought comes? Do we respond to the thought and then act out on that? Or do we respond to the Father in the midst of the thought? 
That's what that's about. So that battlefield is how we see the mission field. And the mission field is every time you see that offense by that person, it's our opportunity to say, God, I forgive them. And in that forgiveness, I ask you, Lord, to bless them, to encounter them with your love, that they will know you truly know you so that they can now set other captives free by pointing them to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for joining me today on Heavenly Wit Monday. Remember what this show is all about, seeing mission fields in the midst of battlefields. Thank you so much for joining me on Heavenly Wit Monday. Now, this is a call to action. If you have not yet subscribed to my YouTube channel, will you please do so now? And if you benefited from the content on Heavenly Wit Monday, will you please share it with your friends, family, and even on your social media? Thank you so much. And also, if you haven't yet read or reviewed my books that I mentioned today, simply go to Amazon.com, read it, review it, and I would appreciate it. Thank you so much and have a heavenly wit day.